I love to see our public getting educated. So thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk about what a realtor is. I have been one for 20 years in the Franklin, Tennessee market, close to Nashville. Buying a home is exciting, but the process can be overwhelming. Trying to understand all of the paperwork, financing, and what you need to do can be stressful. Without knowing what you're doing or where things stand, it's hard to move forward. Or worse, you could make a mistake that costs you thousands of dollars. That's where the Get Me Ready to Buy podcast, hosted by Jeff Jones, comes in. Jeff is a realtor, coach, and entrepreneur. He helps take the guesswork out of home buying by providing you with the details, resources, and professionals that make the process easier to understand so you can successfully buy your next home with confidence. Now here's Jeff. Hey, thanks for being with me today on the Get Me Ready to Buy podcast. This is the podcast where we navigate through the six stages of getting ready to buy a home and actually buying that home. Partner with professionals, plan the money, pick your place, persevere through clothes, possess your home, and protect your home. Today, we're going to be dealing with the topic of partnering with professionals, and I have a guest with us today. Her name is Monica Neubauer. She's a realtor. You'll hear a little bit more about her uh, in the introduction, but I'm glad that she's on here today for us to help us navigate what a realtor is and why that is important to you as a home buyer. You may hear some stuff about home sellers in here because I'm using this podcast also on my Get Me Ready to Sell podcast. And that's where we navigate through the stages of getting a home sold. Uh, if you're thinking about buying a home and you actually have one that you're going to be selling, uh, you can listen to that podcast as well or reach out to me and I'll get you the information you need to get yourself ready to sell a home. Now, let's jump into the conversation with Monica. Today on our podcast, I have Monica Neubauer. Now, Monica is a realtor in the Franklin area, and we're going to talk about that at the end, but she also takes care of a podcast for the Center for Realtor Development that's part of the National Association of Realtors. I've been listening to her podcast for several years now. Uh, we actually met a little over a year ago when Monica was in my area doing some training for trainers. I'm a, a trainer in our area and for the state that I'm in. So uh, it was good to be a part of that and getting to meet her. So today I've asked her to talk to us about what is a realtor? You know, as a, as a homeowner or a home buyer, <clears throat> you're wondering what in the world <clears throat> is a realtor and what is the difference between a realtor and a real estate agent? I thought, who better to talk about that than somebody who's talking to realtors all the time? So thank you, Monica. And um, just tell us a little bit more about you and then let's just hear what is a realtor. Well, thank you so much, Jeff, for having me on today. And I always love an opportunity to talk to the public. I do talk to realtors most of the time, and I love to see our public getting educated. So thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk about what a realtor is. I have been one for 20 years in the Franklin, Tennessee market, close to Nashville. And I have been a speaker to realtors all around the country since, I don't know, 2008 or something like that. So I love to share some good little nuggets in our industry. So with that, I will tell you what a realtor is. And you know, while you're saying that, I was kind of likening it to, you know, how we have um, the box of tissues that is called Kleenex, right? Yep. And we call it Kleenex. It has become, there's actually a name for that when something becomes, the brand becomes the moniker for something that is just a brand name. So Kleenex is a brand of tissue. And I, I say that as an example because Realtor is so widely known 
that the public generally thinks, well, everybody's a realtor. And while most real estate professionals are realtors, that's not the case that they all are. And without getting too deep in the weeds, a lot of us, especially in the in the urban and suburban areas, our membership to the National Association of Realtors is tied with our association and it's tied with our brokerage firm. And so our brokerages are connected in the area. So in your urban and suburban areas, you have more people who generally just default to a realtor status. In the place where you may not have realtors is in the rural areas where the multiple listing system works a little differently. The associations work a little differently. So with that being said, shall I continue? <laughs> so, so, you know, when, when somebody goes through whatever state that they're in, all the compliance to get their real estate license, mm -hmm. that license does not make that person a realtor. It does not. So every real estate agent is not a realtor, but every realtor is a real estate agent. Yes. That's okay. Good. Yep. That's so good. the distinction. So if, if, um, you know, in the areas where we're part of the National Association of Realtors, that makes us a part of our state realtor association, right? Yes. And then our local area where people talk, they'll talk about MLS, getting their house listed. You just mentioned that. So what's the distinction between somebody in, in our markets where there are options to not be in the MLS, to not be a part of the National Association of Realtors? What's the distinction that makes some makes an agent different from a realtor? Well, the main distinctions are that we follow the code of ethics, which I think we're going to talk about a little bit more, but we do have that code. We are members of a national association. And with that association, we receive the benefits that come from being a, a part of a large association. And there are many. And we also are committed to follow the code of ethics, which is a guideline for our industry and it's really important because the vast majority of real estate professionals are independent contractors, which means that our brokerage firms, they're legally accountable for us and they can tell us what to do to a degree. But as independent contractors, they cannot um, commend us uh, in our job as much as an employee could be. And so the association, we belong to it and it gives some guidelines and boundaries for how we do business in an ethical manner. Yeah, it's kind of like the, the Hippocratic Oath for doctors. You know, it's, you know, and, yep. and we're this isn't saying that a real estate agent is lower class or worse than a realtor because they may buy on their own choose to go by the code of ethics just because right. anybody can download and we'll have a link in our show notes to the to the code of ethics for the National Association of Realtors that anybody can read that. And uh, I think the code of ethics has three major sections in that, right? Three major um, sections. It okay. breaks up. It's got 17 articles. And the three sections is, it's all about how realtors engage with other people. And so there's a section where this is how we engage with the public. And then that's all we would call those in a more neutral sense, customers. Then there's a section for how we engage with clients. And clients are only people that we have an agreement with. Now, state laws can vary a little bit. Most states want you to have a signed agreement to have a client relationship, but not every state has that same law. 
And then the third section is how realtors relate and connect and should behave with other realtors. <laughs> should behave. I, I like how you said that. Well, you know, <laughs> one thing I want to say about it is, you know, we talk about the realtor code of ethics. And when people are talking, realtors are talking about, oh, somebody's violating the code. Well, we all have personal sense of ethics and things that we feel are the right ways things should be done and what's fair and all that kind of thing. And so people will say, oh, somebody's behaving unethically, when in fact, that's not always the case. Sometimes, yes, they may be actually violating something according to the code of ethics. But sometimes the person who they're saying they're violating, well, they just don't like the way they're doing it. So it breaks that person's more, their own personal code of ethics. So now they think you're violating the code of ethics when in fact it is not a violation of the objective code of ethics that NAR has. Hey, thank you for hanging with the Get Me Ready to Buy podcast so far. You need to know how ready you are to buy a home. So get your score at readytobuyscore.com. You'll pick a few statements, get an email telling you what your score is and what you need to focus on to get ready to buy a home. If I can help you in my market, which is the Mid-South, the Memphis metro area, please let me know. If you're in another market, I've got agents all over the country and in a few countries around the world. Reach out to me and I'll connect you with one of our agents who can help you get your home bought wherever you are. Now, back to the show. So if... if um. If a, pup, a member of the public or a client of a realtor felt like there was um, something they had done unethically, you know, they, yeah. they read over the code or, or whether they got their feelings hurt or not, how would uh, that person go about filing um, a claim or, you know, a violation against that particular realtor? And I know it may differ a little bit in areas, but generally, how would they go about initiating a grievance against a realtor for a possible code violation? Well, there's kind of two different things. I need to back up a little bit. There's not really a simple answer to that. I mean, it's okay. not that complicated, but the real estate professionals are under the laws of their state. There's generally the laws that the legislator has created. And below that, there is a real estate commission. And that is the bureaucratic management group for the real estate laws. And every state has a real estate commission. And the real estate commission takes some of the laws and puts rules in them. Okay. Now I need to let you know that. So that's the law and the rules from the real estate commission. And an agent could have violated one of those and not necessarily violated the code of ethics. So we serve under two governing bodies. Okay. So if a member of the public or a client is upset with us, they have, and if they, you know, they're like, oh, I want to file some kind of a claim. I feel like I've not been treated well. They actually have two opportunities to do that or two potential avenues, depending on what was, what, what complaint they have and what they felt happened to them. They could go and do the code of ethics. So I'll finish with that. And then I'll wrap back up with the law where I started, but with the code of ethics, they can maybe Google it and read through it and see if they think there's a complaint there. And they would call up the local association of realtors. Now, in our area, we have a pretty large metropolitan area and we have, gosh, like seven or eight associations. So people don't always belong to the local association that's in their area. They may belong to one that's nearby. So you may have to do a little 
hunting, or if you call an association, sometimes the staff at that association can help you find out which association you that person is belonging to. So first you have to find out what association they go to or belong to. So then that member of the public talking to the staff, the staff will usually help them fill it out because members of the public and our clients don't understand the process. And I can tell you <laughs> that one thing the public can feel sure about, the process is highly detailed and it goes through many, many steps. And I've been through that training to be on a grievance panel. <laughs> Right. And so it's, there's a lot to it. So I've been on grievance a number of years. I've been on professional standards and I've yep. sat on some of the hearings. Um, but the thing that, that, that it may be possible is there are people in the associations, they're called ombudsmen and they're there. They're trained to help those members of the public to file a claim. They'll help them look at the code of ethics and determine if that's possibility that what has happened could be a violation and they can help them prepare to submit their claim because people need to submit all of the paperwork, even with their claim, they, they would have more opportunity later to submit more information, but it's best to submit a full package with your claim because you just mentioned the grievance committee, the, the claim will then go to the grievance committee and their job is to look over the basic material, look it over and see if they feel like it's worthy of a panel hearing. And if they don't have enough information, generally they don't go back and ask for more information. So they need to have as much information as you, the complainant, can bring at that time. And so they'll evaluate it. And if they don't see it as a violation of the code, they'll say, no, we don't see it. It, it, it just doesn't violate the code. That doesn't mean it wasn't wrong in some, some situation or in somebody's eyes, but it technically does not violate the code. Now, if it does, if the grievance committee says, yes, I think it does violate the code, they will pass it forward for a hearing panel. And the reason we have a grievance committee is because a hearing panel is a very big undertaking. You have four to six realtors generally who are a jury of sorts to hear the, the you know, it goes a little bit like a trial, but mm -hmm. there's there can be a lawyer if you want, but oftentimes there aren't and people are bringing and sharing their stories. So it's very time consuming and it takes a lot of work on behalf of the staff, the staff member. And that is their job. So that's fine that that happens. But the grievance committee is a little bit of a buffer that says, do we think this should go forward or not? So. I, can, yeah. I have some more, but I, I hate to do run on too much. <laughs> <No. run> on. <laughs> I, I just, I, I just want to make um, the public, you know, aware of there is a process. If you feel like um, a realtor has not fulfilled their obligations to you or misrepresented themselves, there is, there is a, a method and a process for you to be able to take some action against that, that may turn into something or it may not, but at least you get an opportunity to have somebody to hear you about, what you think that they did wrong. So you're not, you don't, you're not just stuck and live with that, you know? Yeah. Um, Can I tell people about the real estate commission process too? Sure. Cause I feel like it's important. I know we want to, we're focusing on NAR here, but that's okay. The laws and the rules are different. So you may find that it may or may not be an ethics committee. Maybe the appropriate place to file your complaint is with the real estate commission and they have a different um, situation and they, you can go Google your state real estate commission and find out how to submit the complaint there. 
And, but I would say to, to the public or to your listeners that if it gets turned down, and I can't say never say never. I mean, I serve with amazing people on our professional standards committee, but sometimes things are really close and sometimes you don't get the satisfaction that you want. And I would just say, thank you for submitting and trust the process. There are skilled and talented people reviewing it. And generally, if you've made a complaint and it is rejected at the grievance level or the real estate commission, commission, it's, it doesn't violate some of the rules. It doesn't mean your, your feelings weren't hurt or maybe it could have been handled better, but please believe you've gotten due process because that it definitely happens. Yeah. They don't have to, they, they shouldn't think that the good old boy system kicked in and, you know, they protected themselves kind of like the blue wall for police or whatever, Right. because, you know, on that professional standards and the grievance committees, we have to go through and give, you know, we're, we're given, the code, the potential code uh, articles that may have been violated. We have to go back and then we have to document why we believe it either is a violation or it's not a violation, not just because, you know, we like that person. And then again, if it's somebody in my own brokerage, I'm recusing myself from that. Or if it's, you know, a close friend. So it's, and then, and they, for us anyway, they usually will invite maybe 15 people to be on a grievance to only really need five, but they want to get, you know, a variety in there just to make sure that we have enough with a, um, uh, with an unbiased perspective and we have to go by that code. So we have to, we have to dive into those articles, um, you know, pretty, pretty deep just to see, is this a violation? So, um, and, um, we've talked about the national association of realtors. I'm putting you on the spot. How long has the NAR been around? Oh, is it like 125 years or so? I think, it was or 1901 or 1902. I was it, thinking it maybe, yeah. And so it is. Uh, from what I remember going through all of those the trainings, uh, and I should have looked this up before we started recording. Um, it is the oldest professional, uh, voluntary professional group in the United States. Isn't that what? I, is I think that that's true? I, that's what I'd heard as far as you know, doctors having an association or different ones. We're one of the very oldest uh, to have that. So we've been around the longest and we didn't start off the pot. We didn't start off the podcast this way, but um, how do we pronounce R-E-A-L-T-O-R? Realtor. Realtor, not real a tour. You don't say doc a tour. Uh, and I, I know, you know, that, that bothers, uh, it doesn't bother me as much as it does some of my friends in the industry. It's just like, that's just one of their, their heels are going to die on. So it's something um, that, uh, respectfully, we would like for people to pay attention to, and it yeah. actually is a brand name and it's trademarked, copyrighted, all of that. So it, it needs to be correctly pronounced if possible. Um, again, we're not gonna, uh, right. And we have, you know, ways we're supposed to put it in all caps and put the R and all this, yeah. you know, things on it when we're using it. Uh, so there are some guidelines for that. So um, we're not saying that somebody who's not a realtor is not a great real estate agent. But if um, a, a, a buyer or a seller is looking to bring somebody on, why should they lean toward what's the value they're going to get from having a realtor, somebody who has voluntarily placed themselves under the authority, so to speak, because of the code of ethics of the National Association of Realtors. Why would why would it be better to look for somebody with that than maybe somebody who's not? Well, 
you know, I need to say it's actually not voluntary for everybody as much as I hate to say that. Um, I mentioned at the beginning that sometimes it's tied to the multiple listing service. And so. And yeah, again, our, our brokerage requires it. You can't be a part of our brokerage. It doesn't matter where you are right. and not be one. A commercial real estate's a little different. <clears throat> um, well, even at with least the MLS, it's even different with that because you could have a group where the brokerage requires you to be part of the state association and the associations. And the thing with the MLS is that sometimes they're all tied together and the MLS own is owned by the association. So in order to have access to the uh, multiple listing service, they need to be a member of the association, which in some respects I say, great, that's, that's reasonable. But the multiple listing service has become such a behemoth. That's a little bit of a uh, kind of a pain point for some people is that why can't I just have access to the multiple listing without being a realtor? And, but the, association owns it. It's kind of membership has yeah. benefits. And so that kind of thing. So I would, I would say that if you're agent, you want to talk to them about being a realtor because the people who proudly talk about being a realtor are going to be committed to following the code of ethics. They're proud of the education and the benefits that we get from NAR. We also have a strong presence in Washington lobbying for the rights of homeowners and the the financial benefits that can be gotten. We've, you know, worked on behalf of the 1031 exchange. There are things that people don't even really understand sometimes that they need that we have our lobbyists and some of our staff working for in Washington. So there's a lot of benefit that comes from it, networking, and that all comes from being part of an association. And as an independent contractor, I love being part of my local association. I get education, I get guidance, I get structure, and I get lots of great networking. I get opportunity, same at the state level. And then also at the national level, you have committees and ways to serve and help and um, improve our industry. So it really provides a lot of people. So if your agent is a proud member of NAR, then they're taking advantage of those benefits. They enjoy being a part of that. They're probably um, enjoying the networking and things like that. If they don't really like being a realtor, um, well, <laughs> I don't want to say more because I, I mean, I can't get in everybody's mind, okay. but I hope your agent is happy to be a realtor. <laughs> yeah. and, and if I'm a realtor, I'm proud of that because that's who we are. You know, that's so. who we, oh, I love that slogan. <laughs> And yeah. I think I, w I wish you could put a link or something for your listeners. The, yeah, it was I'll, a slogan from a couple of years ago, and that's who we are. Yeah, and, and I'll find I'll find some of the commercials that have been playing probably on YouTube or somewhere and link them as well, just so they can kind of see a little bit about you know who we are. Some of that stuff still shows up for us billboards. Uh, I saw an ad probably about three months ago, um, and we'll I've hear hear them on the radio as well uh, here well, even locally. That's what I want people, I would love for the public to ask better questions of your agent. Are you a realtor? Tell me about your brokerage firm. Do you have mentors? Do you have peer mentorship? Where are you getting your education? I would love for the public to recognize that there definitely are levels of trained, uh, trained persons and trained competencies. All real estate agents, like every other industry, are not created equal. So, 
Are you working with well-trained agents who've gotten designations and higher levels of advanced training? If you're working with a newer agent, how are they getting their business to grow? How, who's mentoring them? Who's helping them help you? So we want your, the agent you work with to be well-connected with in the community that they're networking. They have access to more buyers and other agents, and we want them to be trained so that they can actually serve you in the best capacity. So don't be afraid to ask those questions. Don't prejudge because you've got new agents who are really doing amazing, excellent job and getting great training. And so new or age, there's none of that. I want you to interview them and find out who's the best fit for you and do they have good training and mentors or connections to help you get your move done. Yeah. And and in the, the podcast that I'm doing, uh, and again, I have one get me ready to sell for sellers, get me ready to buy for buyers. And yeah. this is showing, this is going to be on both of those. Uh, I'm not sure the order that they are, but I have done podcasts on how to find an agent, how to hire one. Okay. And I just recorded one, how to fire one if oh. things aren't working out. Um, yeah. So, I'll, you know, because that that's real, you know, we need to know, is there a way to get out if things aren't working or things in my life just change? Uh, yeah. But I did want to explain just the difference. So somebody knows when they talk about being a realtor, it's not just a tag that we have on the end of our name or on a business right. card. It means something. Uh, and it's not just we we went through some classes, passed the test and we got a license. Um, you know, and thinking about that, I'm, I mentor agents in our brokerage and I've got uh, four mentees I'm dealing with right now and helping them navigate what is our real estate commission for our state? What is our state association? What's in our MLS? What's NAR? Helping them keep up with why, how they're different and what comes from what section. It's yeah. difficult for newer agents to keep track of. No, that's a real estate commission thing. No, that's a, an, R, an NAR thing helping them navigate all that. So it's, it keeps me on my toes of staying fresh to keep them prepared for that. And again, just because it's a new agent doesn't mean they're not going to provide you phenomenal service. Yeah. Uh, so just want to ask them, ask yeah. them questions. And yep. a veteran agent may not provide you phenomenal service just because they're, it will, whatever. But anyway, <laughs> hey, I'm so glad that you were with me today on this. And I know this is primarily going to the consumer, somebody that's either looking to sell a home or buy a home. But I do have agents that have listened to these and have appreciated the content. So if um, if an agent happens to be listening to this and they're wanting to follow you um, or to connect with you about some training and stuff that you do, what is the best way for them to connect with you? Well, the best one-stop shop is monicaneubauer.com, Monica, N-E-U-B-A-U-E-R.com. And you can follow me on Instagram or on Facebook. You can listen to the podcast at crdpodcast.realtor. And yeah. And, and I'll, have a, I'll have a link in the show notes yeah. and in, in the description here. Uh, so if somebody happens to be a client looking for a realtor, in the Franklin area, you want them to go to the same place or a different a different place to connect with you? Well, I do have a, a local real estate website, franklintnblog.com, but you can find me through any of those. I have a local business partner who helps me if I'm speaking or something. So I've got a great team here in Franklin and I'm a native of the area. So I am a proud lifelong Tennessean. And Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Great. Thank you very much. I appreciate you for being with me today and uh, look forward to hearing some more from your podcast uh, when the new ones come out.
Thank you. Thanks. I'm so glad you're doing this, Jeff. I appreciate it. Thanks for right, the invite. Thanks, Monica. Wow. She's great. I am so glad that she gave us the time today and was here to talk about what it means to be a realtor, the difference in a realtor and a real estate agent, why that's important to you, a home buyer, and what you could do if you end up having a bad experience, which I hope that you don't, but things and questions you may need to ask when you're looking for an agent. And we've dealt with finding an agent on a different podcast episode. So anyway, as always, if you're not sure how ready you are to buy a home, get your score at readytobuyscore.com. Choose a few statements. It'll tell you how ready you are to buy a home and tell you what you need to focus on. If you happen to be in the Franklin or Nashville area and you're looking for a home, reach out to Monica. You can find the link in the show notes or at the bottom of the description here. She'll do a great job of taking care of you. As always, I hope that you can give us a five-star review. And if you like the podcast, go ahead and share it with some others who you know may be looking for a home or have talked about it so that they can begin getting themselves ready so that when it is time for them to buy a home, they are ready and they're not having to wait on that. You can also subscribe to the podcast or the YouTube video uh, page if you're watching it on YouTube. Subscribe to that so you're the first one to know when new episodes drop or when there's special information and tips and helps for you as a home buyer. Have a blessed day.